0: I'm sure nobody's making excuses about five and three, Chris.
1: <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Why should making they?
0: Excuses. Nobody's making excuses <laughs> on a victory Friday today. Good afternoon, everybody, and a good afternoon to you as well, Chris. Today <laughs> is Friday, day. November 3rd, 2023. The Steelers, the Pittsburgh bleeping Steelers, are five and three. Can, can you believe it? it?
1: Who can explain it, man?
0: I can't. I don't think anybody can. And I was there. I was at the game, yeah. and it was another one of those weird, wacky, zany, no feel, just fly by the seat of your pants football games that the Steelers and, I of mean, course, Kenny Pickett with fourth quarter magic just find a way.
1: What about that first drive? That that I mean that first drive just just completely. I I mean, who, who the heck is this offense? The first thing I said to myself was like, man, if this was the, this, if this was the secret to unlocking this offense was just for Matt Canada to be on the field with them. Good Lord. I, 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 I I don't know, but obviously the offense didn't, you know, didn't do too much. You know, they had a couple punts right after that, you know, had a couple field goals, you know, all well and good, but yeah, same thing though. I mean, same thing. They, They, for. Fourth quarter, you know, comes, and all of a sudden, Kenny Pickett turns into Joe Montana.
0: Oh, my goodness. I mean, just what it matters, right? And Deontay Johnson gets his first regular season good, touchdown good for since Deontay, January man. of 2022. I mean, good I think it was Deontay. like 700 or in some routes run in between. Yeah. There's so much to unpack from this game. But, Chris, yeah. I think the overall theme – that I draw in the overall conclusion that I make as you sip that Whataburger. What is that tea? What do you got today?
1: Oh, no, just good old Coke. Oh,
0: okay. Nothing beats it. Nothing beats a fountain. Had a,
1: had a coupon for a buy one, get one free on a biscuit sandwich this morning. So
0: that's a good day. That's a good day to have it too. On a day like today, Mm. the, the number one overarching thing that I think I can unpack from watching this football game yesterday is, you have to kick the Steelers while they're down. This yeah. particular Steelers team. And look, on Tennessee's side, real quick, we'll get it out of the way. Will Levis looks like somebody at quarterback.
1: He does. Will Levis looks, looks, looks like he's like an end. answer
0: for Tennessee. Yeah. And credit to him, okay? And his second career start, short week, he gave the Steelers all he could. Hmm. And up until that final play, you were really holding on, thinking, oh, man. What's gonna happen here? Yeah. And there's that little doubt. I don't know if you're a fan or a casual observer on this <laughs> national audience, but you're like, are the Steelers gonna blow this? Is Levis going to do this? And you kind of held on, really, up until that final play, up until Quan Alexander picked him off at the goal line, yeah, to seal the game for the Steelers.
1: Yeah, I uh, to be to be completely honest. I actually was watching that drive, and even though they kind of, you know, they got pretty close, I still didn't think that 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 they were going to let them score. I, I really didn't. I thought that they were going to lock it down. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. did so good, uh, shadowing DeAndre Hopkins. I don't give a crap what PFF says. Um, I, again, it just goes to show that their grading system is is out of whack. You know, when it comes to edge rushers, they're all about pass—you know, pass rush win rate and everything like that—not about actual production. Uh, or in Joey Porter Jr.'s case, shutting down production. Um, yes, there are other issues, and actually, my chalk talk piece is going to be in depth on Joey. So I'm going to look at a lot of things that he did did really well. There will be a couple things uh, that will be pointed out because it wasn't a perfect game for him, um, but with the way he was playing and just overall had a good feeling about how the defense was going to just clamp it down just because that's what this team does. It gets into the fourth quarter when they're down, you just feel like they're going to go down and, and, and at least tie the game when they're up, the defense is going to hold it. That's what this team has been doing all season long. It doesn't make a lot of sense They're I mean, you look at the peripherals, you look at the, the numbers. It's just like this team should not be five and three. No, they should Um, not be. I I don't know, but when it comes down to it, this is one of those weird intangible things that drives analytic nerds crazy, is that when it comes down to it, they make the plays when they have to make them.
0: It was Damian Woody on ESPN's coverage after the game. He said the Steelers are Tomlining their way through the season. I mean, if you want to put a verb on it, fine, but this is the Mike Tomlin 2023 Steelers. It ain't pretty. But they'll find a way to find a way. Yeah. So Joey Porter Jr. By the way, shadowed DeAndre Hopkins. He wanted that, and he got that, and I think he did a pretty fine job. So not to spoil too much of your chalk talk, let's go to two really burning topics. That, of course, as a result of this game, and and now we're coming forward uh, from mm-hmm. our audience here on the South Side beat. Let's start, of course, with Matt Canada, and Matt Canada was on the sideline as opposed to being in the booth. He looked weird too. Um, well, <laughs> he didn't have his usual cowboy hat. Yeah, on didn't have the see. cowboy
1: hat. It just I mean, you're so every time you see Matt Kennedy is in that booth, and so when you see him with the hoodie and the the baseball cap on, it's just kind of like uh, he, just, he looked out of place. It was different, different.
0: <laughs> it was a different thing. So Steeler girl, Steeler seven girl, pardon me, brings up in the uh, chat here. Burning question: Why was Cannon on the sidelines, and who did that? No one is addressing it. Well, to kind of correct. They did address it after the game. Why Mm -hmm. Matt Canada was on the sideline and the move basically to wrap up everything that everybody said was so that he could more directly communicate with Kenny Pickett, with the offensive line, with receivers, with With literally, literally whoever he needed to Mm -hmm. communicate with. And there's something to be said about removing the headset, removing the binoculars and getting down on the field and getting a feel for things from his Mm -hmm. players. And keep in mind, When he's in the booth, the headset really just communicates with Kenny. I mean, really, the only thing that he's able to get direct line to is Kenny. Mm -hmm. So this was about, and Mason Cole said it, yeah, he was there. Was the impact necessarily felt from the offensive line? Don't know. But you have to think that Matt Canada being on the the sideline made things at least easier from that standpoint um, as far as communication and, hey, I see this, let's get this going, and it's a direct – one-to-one thing there's no mixed you know lines or anything like that and obviously to some degree at least it benefited the Steelers yesterday
1: yeah it definitely streamlines communication throughout all of all the position groups not just with Kenny not just with Mike Tomlin um, it, it just it, it allows I mean and obviously all the all of the um, you know positional coaches are all on those headsets too Um, but still it's, it's a different feel when you're, when you're having those conversations face to face and you can kind of hear the cadence in their voices and you can hear, you know, okay, you know, it just, it's just easier to talk and you know, it's, it's just, it's a human thing. It's easier for us to talk in person than it is in the, in the way we are right now or in the, or over the phone or via zoom, uh, or however else in-person communication is just, it's just the easiest form of communication. It's just, it just is, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, really good to see that. And honestly, I think that's something they need to stick with, you know, uh, going forward. I'm not saying that this offense is all of a sudden fixed. Um, but they looked overall, they looked better. And really, to be completely honest, and I haven't done a deep dive on the offense, I've been focusing more on Porter in my film review so far. Um, I really didn't think Matt Canada had a bad game last night.
0: I don't I, think so either. I, I, in fact, I don't. Logan says it right here in the chat. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, I don't think, uh, and actually, I think last night was a better game than he called on Sunday. I thought Sunday, you know, there were still some, some kind of like, man, what the heck are you doing? Last night there wasn't really a play call where it was just like, there's the boneheaded play call that you just don't need to have. Were there a play call? It was. A, did he bat a 1,000? No, of course he didn't bat a 1,000. No, O.C. does on Sundays or on Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I thought it was a much, much better called game for him. Um, I liked it. And the best thing that you can see there is that what they scripted worked because they went down and scored on the first drive. That's their game script. They scripted it. They wanted to attack the t- certain tendencies with the Titans. They went down and scored a touchdown. That, that's an encouraging sign. doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator is or what the offense is.
0: Uh, Brent says, missed you yesterday. Well, we missed you yesterday. Uh, the thing is, when Ramon Foster's in town and he tells DK, hey, listen, I got to go early today. Got to go on at 3 because he's got <sighs> Titans radio duties to do. You move DK and Ramon to 3 o'clock.
1: So yeah. that's the explanation for that. Uh, we were going to try to do it afterward, but obviously, you know, you got to leave for the stadium. I've got, you know, different things that just certain, certain things going on here, which I can't do certain mm-hmm. times. So it's just, it happens, you know, it happens. And we weren't going to pass up a possibility for you guys to watch DK and Ramon together. No, like, that downtown. was a really,
0: that was a really fun watch. Yeah. All right. Crystal is one of the many that have brought up Chou for, and of course, Broderick Jones inserted it right tackle over a Accord for it. Now, this situation to me is a little weird, and not because Broderick was in for Chukes, but the reasoning why. Hmm. Now, if you looked at the post game stuff, which you can do it right now on DKPittsburghSports.com, Mike Tomlin, Chooks Accord for, gave mixed reviews, mixed reactions, mixed answers as to why Chukes was benched. Mike Tomlin said he felt, and I'm paraphrasing, that he felt the offense needed a spark. Broderick had looked good in practice, so he gave Broderick a shot. Chooks, however, after after the game in the locker room, when I went up to him and said, hey, man, what's going on? He said that he was benched as a result of something he said at the end of Sunday's game against Jacksonville. Now, he wouldn't share what was said, to whom it was said. No. All he said was that something came out of his mouth that apparently Mike Tomlin didn't like and that caused him to be pulled from action. If you notice, he did get a snap on the field mm-hmm. yesterday. He did play one snap. They had jumbo package, and Chukes was eligible. Yep. So he wasn't made inactive. So it wasn't something so out there that he had to be, quote-unquote, disciplined for it by being made inactive for this game. It yeah. wasn't a punishment. It was more than likely Mike Tomlin giving him a pat on the behind and saying, don't do it again. But now... You have to look at what Broderick Jones did, and you'll see my entire focus that you'll read tomorrow morning, Saturday morning on DKPittsburghSports.com is about Broderick Jones and his impact. I don't think it's any secret, Chris, that the two best games as a collective that the Steelers' offensive line has played this season, the Ravens game and the Titans game, are the games that Broderick Jones started. Yeah. If Broderick said Tuesday, Mike Tomlin came up to him, and, and he said, you're, get, you're playing the right side. And Broderick said, boss said, do, you do what boss says. Uh, Broderick calls Mike Tomlin boss, which I love. And credit to Broderick Jones, as William says here, Broderick Jones killed it. Two days of notice to play right tackle. And you'll see what the the main highlight for me was the touchdown run from Najee Harris. Broderick Jones was on the second level like that, Mm -hmm. like nothing. And of course he got help from James Daniels, who played great. Isaac Ciamalo, who played great like Broderick Jones looked like he belonged on the right side. And this comes after we can say that Broderick Jones belonged on the left side. So the the common denominator here, if you're a math person is (laughs) Broderick Jones is really freaking good at football and needs to be playing. As Frank says here, 160 plus yards of rushing highest output for the Steelers this season. Najee and Jalen both ran it really well really well Jalen was explosive I think he broke six tackles like this offensive line this ground game played its best it did this season yeah and yes I will point directly to Broderick Jones as a correlation being on the field
1: yeah it's uh to me it's a no-brainer I mean you know fool me once shame on you know you fool me once shame on shame on you uh you you fool me you can't get fooled again you know doing the George Bush uh, okay. impression. Um, okay. No, uh, yeah. Didn't, Texas, it, we did it. It. Didn't, it didn't really come out of there the way I wanted it to, you know? You know what I'm oh saying? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> w. I'll uh, not go too far into the
0: political well today, though. Oh, no.
1: Never. I th- no. <laughs> no, Never. Uh, but no, seriously. Like, okay, it happens one time. Okay, you know, okay. May, maybe it's an outlier. I don't think it was. Maybe it's an outlier. It happens again. What does Mike Tomlin say? Two is a pattern. I you got you got two starts. Uh uh hey Spice Creations thought thought it was funny. So hey, all take all him I where need. you can get him. Yeah. Um, but no, seriously, you have one start on the left side, one start on the right side. He was really good in both of the, both of those starts. I don't care where you start him now, he's got to be on the field. I don't care if he's at left tackle, I don't care if he's at right tackle, he's got to be on the field no no two ways around it no more excuses it's now the same thing that it was with joey porter jr uh you have a large enough sample size where broderick jones has shown he deserves more playing time and i want I say more playing time i mean starting 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 um, he has to start start i mean yes uh, i i 100 agree with that um he's and, a dude and, and listen, you know, Hodge thirty one fifteen says twenty six yard run by Najee. Hope we see more of that from him. Listen, last night to me, what, the, the 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 main takeaway that I have from last night when it came to the running game is that's exactly what I envisioned the Steelers' running game to be. It is a true timeshare between Najee and Jalen. You know, it wasn't J- it wasn't Najee. You know, taking the 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 vast majority of the uh, of the carries. Jalen had what eleven carries last night?
0: You know, some I mean, in that ballpark. I don't yeah, have the exact box I, I score mean, in front of me. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have I infr- but it,
1: but it was it was pretty it was pretty close. You know, it wasn't like oh, it's 80-20 Najee. No, it's a pretty decent timeshare, and they both had good moments. Um, you know, Najee, you know, don't want to see him drop that pass, obviously. Um, but you know, he looked like a better back than he did on Sunday. Um, Jalen continues to impress just because of, I, you know, his running style just works at this level. Um, yeah. And, and spice creation says, I like Najee and Jalen on the field together. They need to do more of that 23 personnel stuff because it works. Um, yeah, they, it's, they a, they one 1A. it's yeah. a one in
0: one a, it's a one in one a right now. Yeah. And, and that's completely fine to have Najee had 16 carries. Jalen had 11, by the way. Yeah, that's, Jay- that's not it, a. Yeah. that jalen added three receptions
1: yeah that's that's not a that's not a that's not like oh my god Najee's way out playing jalen like no this it, this is how i envisioned the running game to work and they ran for 160 yards on a team that's really not that they're not great against the run but they're not bad against the run either no. um they they did it i mean they did it but some other people have brought up some uh brought up another thing another uh interesting point and i think it is something we do need to talk about Real quick, Hodge. Um, a
0: correction: it, it was 326 yards. Uh, oh, okay. The passing yards for Pickett was <laughs> 160. You're a little off there, Hodge. But I'm happy to help.
1: <laughs> they did not get 400 yards last night.
0: No, they did not. No, they um, did not. Uh, real quick, but, while you're looking that up, uh, someone asked for an update on Cole Holcomb. Uh, yeah. Teresa did. Yeah. Uh, Cole Holcomb. More than likely out for the season. Steelers uh, haven't confirmed out. it, but it's being reported. Yeah. yeah. Serious knee injury this late in the season. I mean, I would not count on Cole Holcomb. Now, no. NFL Network reported this morning that Holcomb was discharged from the hospital. So he's on his way home, which is positive. Of course, probably got a bunch of tests, probably got a bunch of planning, you know, taken care of. And, and yeah. I would assume that some form of surgery is in the cards for him on that just awful play. I, I mean, you never want to see that to happen. And yeah. by the way, I, I we know I know we've mentioned this earlier in the season. Cole Holcomb has been as
1: advertised no, and more. has been good. as defense, he's been good. That's a That's a big loss. It is. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, some uh, a bunch of people have brought it up, but this is the first one I'm saying. Bob uh, says, you know, Kenny threw some perplexing, poor passes yesterday. Um. I I don't know if this was a rib issue. I don't know. And when you look at the passing chart, man, it is as, uh, it's, 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 it's about as typical as you would expect a passing chart to be. Everything is outside the numbers, almost nothing in the middle of the field. And the vast majority of the completions within, I think, seven yards of the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and even then he missed some throws. I mean, the, the crosser he missed to, to, to Pickens cannot miss that throw uh, the deep throw to Calvin. It's a deep throw, but he's got nobody over the top. Just let him just throw it out there. Let him run underneath it. Uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if it was a rib issue, but again, I don't want to continue to kind of like use like, Oh, well maybe it was this, this week, or it was this, this week? Like, the, the same issues are still there. We saw these, you know, we saw missed throws in week one. We've seen the pocket happy feet since college with Kenny. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's certain things that, are con, that continue to be there regardless of any other variables in play. And so, yes, regardless of what else is going on, he's got to be better for the first three quarters. He just has yeah. to be. I don't care if he's Tom Brady, Joe Montana, or whatever else in the fourth quarter. It's great what he's doing in the fourth quarter. It's just got to be a more complete performance because they left some drives out there that if he makes a better throw, it keeps going. So, How to about your answer, defense down the field?
0: So to answer your theory about um, the, how far Kenny was throwing it down the field, so to speak, yeah. 5.3 yards per attempt, six air yards per attempt. Both of those are the you – know, last week he threw for 4.5 yards per Mm. attempt and air yards per attempt and keep in mind he got injured so you know under pressure quite a bit the offensive line did not play well um he only attempted 16 passes last week or rather sunday i guess um so if you want to remove that that's the lowest dating you know to the houston game so we're talking about his lowest you know as far as throwing it down the field in about a month here so Mm -hmm. i would i would say the ribs uh, played some kind of role in that. And look. I would imagine so. And look, with with a short week, with game planning the way they had to game plan, I didn't think Kenny Pickett was going to chuck it down the field every play to Deontay no, Johnson and George no, Pickens. No. By the way, we, we have to talk about George Pickens, too, um, because a lot of the comments here, such as this one from Nick, uh believe that George Pickens is becoming a drama queen of sorts. Um no. Now, some... I wasn't paying much attention to George Pickens on the sideline. Some said that he was visibly not happy about his, again, lack of usage. I mean, two catches on five targets for negative one yards. That's inexcusable for any offense. And by the way, the touchdown that got called back, he 100% should have gotten two feet down. Watch the the screenshot. Watch the replay plenty of room to drag that second foot and he couldn't do it.
1: Yep. Uh, Even, even so it's not even just that. I mean, and and I'm not going anywhere near this of saying trade the cancer. Like, listen, I'm not saying any, no, that's
0: not George. I'm telling you, I I know George, uh, you know, just from a a professional standpoint, that's not George. And I, I don't think it is.
1: And who says that his frustration on the sideline isn't just him being mad at himself for having a bad game. I mean, he wasn't good last night, period. I, there's no two ways around it. George did not have a good game. And it even goes down past the, you know, didn't get the second foot down in the end zone. That's an easy one because it's just easy picking. The first hit, the first foot hits almost five yards away from the, from the out of, from the, from the boundary. And he didn't get the second foot down, but almost five yards is not that much, but it's still, it was a lot. Um, But you know, even like the one where he ran this quick little, uh, it might've been a slant or is an in-breaking route of some kind. And the corner was right there. And he kind of maybe got bumped a little bit right before the, the, the pass got there, but it wasn't really close enough to throw a flag. Maybe for last night's career it was, I don't know. But for, for, for most of the point, I had no issue with that not being a flag, regardless of who was officiating the game. But it was like little minutiae like that. Like George kind of has the same little moves when it comes to certain routes and smart cornerbacks will watch that film. No. Oh, well, when he does this, I know he's breaking in. And so that gives him a tell of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to jump that route. And that's kind of exactly what happened on that particular play. And so it could just be frustrations mounting for like, listen, I've had two catches tonight and I haven't even, I I lost yards. That would frustrate me when I play a really crappy hockey game. Whenever I've shot the puck six times, I hit the goalie in the chest three of those times. And then three other times I hit a post, a post and a crossbar. I'm going to be sitting on the bench freaking pissed off because I had opportunities to score and I didn't score. You know, I'm not mad at anybody else. It could just be that he also could just be pouting because I'm not getting the ball enough. And if that's the case, then grow up. George Pickens was targeted five times
0: his average depth of target was 4.6 yards, which means he was down the field 4.6 yards on average at the time that Kenny Pickett got rid of the football. Yeah. So George Pickens being a downfield threat that he is and the evolving complete receiver that we know and seen that he is becoming, that's a misuse of George Pickens. You can't use George Pickens in that way no matter how good Deontay Johnson's performing Mm -hmm. or no matter how many jet sweeps you're given to Calvin Austin or any of the other variables associated with it, that is not how you use George Pickens. I think any reasonable spectator, you, me, anybody in this chat, anybody that doesn't watch football on a regular basis could say, well, why aren't they getting that guy, the ball down the field? It's simple. It's simple enough to explain. It's hard enough to get that explanation out of a Kenny Pickett or a Matt Canada or a Mike Tomlin or even a George Pickens. And I don't think George Pickens would want to talk about it as of right now. Well, I didn't see him in the locker room yeah. after the game. He got out of there pretty quickly, you know, to well, and, be completely and honest.
1: Leverage, leverage uh, brings it up here. Pickens has doubled a lot. Listen, like teams are paying extra attention to, to Pickens now. And so that they could are. have something to do with it too. And that's maybe why like Pickett's, like, why would I try to force that if they're if they're leaving Deontay in single coverage? Which, by the way, to me is just stupid. Why the dude gets open better than almost anybody else in the game? There might be only three or four receivers who are better at getting open, better at creating separation with their route running, and you're going to leave that dude single. Keep throwing it to him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I keep, I'm, Why would you stop if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it until the defense changes and they start paying more attention to him, then that opens things up for pick. It's going to be one of those things where defenses have to go back and forth because the Steelers, it's kind of the same thing that you've noticed the Steelers do with Najee and Jalen. Kind of ride the hot hand. At a certain point last night, Jalen was getting more carries than Najee because Jalen was the hot hand at at that time. And it's going to be the same. It should be the same thing with Deontay. If Deontay is getting open, keep throwing on the ball. The defense isn't doing anything to change it. Keep throwing on the ball. If the defense changes it now, Pickens is getting open. Then that's when you change things.
0: I think Sylin uh, and and the Panzerstreck Pete say it best here. Basically, Deontay's back. He's getting the attention. He's getting the targets right now.
1: That's going to help. It's going to swing at back. So, it's going to swing yeah. back. Yep.
0: At some point, they're going to look more at Deontay. Defenses are and say, "Well, we got to cover this guy more." Yep. That'll open up for George Pickens. His mm-hmm. stuff will come. And by the way, I don't want to fall into a, a really bad habit of anytime George Pickens has a bad game that the narrative gets painted into. He's becoming a prima Donna. He doesn't like it here. He hates Pittsburgh. He's not a Steeler. He's not about it. I don't want that to become a narrative because I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I, I, I don't want that to become a thing. And look, maybe there's some sour grapes because of Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster and Chase Claypool and their actions off the field, maybe even sometimes on the field when they were here in Pittsburgh, I don't want that to become a thing for George Pickens. And I don't think it has to be either Chris, before we get out, yeah. we have to talk about the genius of TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. <laughs> I mean, Highsmith lived in the backfield was yeah. constantly on Levis's blind side and TJ with the no helmet sack, more of the usual from these two. And look, we've said it all season the Steelers are going to go as far as their defense takes them because this is not a championship offense. It just isn't, obviously Mm -hmm. handicapped by the coordinator. I'm not going to go as far to say as this is a championship defense, but as Mike Tomlin would say, and I'll paraphrase, he has two A-listers as pass rushers with Wanton Highsmith. I mean, they were game records yesterday. You have to give those guys a massive amount of credit.
1: Yeah, uh, they're 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 really good, and when they're on, uh, especially when they're when they're playing a bet, this is what this is what we expected to see when they played Houston. You know, Houston's offensive line was really banged up; not a great O line to begin with. And then, well, obviously they they have a really great left tackle, but um, you know, w- but with how banged up they were on the offensive line, we expected them to just feast in Houston. It just didn't happen uh, for whatever reason. Uh, it absolutely happened here <laughs> in this game. Uh, and and when they're going, when and especially when both of them are going, or even when one's going, it's kind of the same thing. Like the Titans put a lot of attention on TJ Watt last night. There were some triple teams in there at at, at some points, and Alex Highsmith and everybody else, even Keanu Benton, got some pressure up the middle. Um, that always, always helps when it comes to those guys, and uh, it's it's great to see. And the Steelers' defense will always play its best when they're able to get after the quarterback and and to mo- just overall be able to play in the backfield.
0: Um, some are pointing to a potential Instagram post from George Pickens. I haven't seen it, and I just looked. So unless he deleted it, I have to go back and look. But look, if he's not happy about getting five targets a game and being targeted not down the field, he can be. Maybe he's just talking about free me as, as far as that is concerned. Yeah. But I don't think that should be read into too much. I don't think that should be read into. I want out of Pittsburgh. I think that's a little too extreme right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's um, I I get, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into it, especially with the game last night, because you know, when you look at, like I said, when you look at the passing chart, I mean, it's obvious that the Steelers weren't going to be throwing the ball down the field with Kenny's rib um whatever the issue is there um yes he had a couple of throws downfield but the vast majority of them were all close to the line of scrimmage uh if it happens again next game where he's not throwing the ball down the field and they're they're, they're limiting their targets to pickens then okay again not to keep taking mike Tomlin saying but two is a pattern <laughs> sure, <laughs> if, sure. if it happens again in the next game when they play the packers Okay, then maybe we can start speculating a little bit, but just from one game, I'm not. I'm not.
0: I'm We're not. hitting the home stretch of the season. Yep, Green Bay's coming to town next Sunday, and Jordan Love is reverted back to a pumpkin because Brian Gutekunst decided to blow up the Packers unnecessarily. I'll so another what, winnable game on the horizon.
1: They better. That, that's Street the game. Regardless, they have to win that game. That's that's a.
0: Then they're Ooh. at Cleveland, at Cincinnati, then host the Cardinals. So. Couple of tough AFC North ones in there on the road.
1: On the road, yep.
0: Bookended by a couple of really easy ones with the Packers and Cardinals, and then of course the Patriots after the Cardinals game. Yep. So a favorable stretch here coming up for the Steelers that are five and three somehow, some way. Don't ask why. Don't overthink it. They're five and three. That's all the th- that's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing Mike Tomlin cares about. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about the flash. He doesn't care about the style points. He doesn't care about George Pickens getting 150 yards a game or Kenny throwing for 300 yards. He doesn't care about it. <laughs> he cares about the W. And I think that at the end of the day, this could be a playoff team with this really wonky formula. And we have a lot to figure out between now and the end of the season. We're almost halfway there. Yep. We're eight games in, nine to go, five and three after a win over the I Titans. Agree.
1: Can you believe it?
0: <laughs> no, 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 I can't. Uh, a final thought for you, Chris. Uh, uh,
1: final thought uh, is actually not going to be uh, football related. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers for winning their first world series championship. Uh, I was on that beat for two plus seasons. Uh, I've sent many, many text messages to a lot of people that are still in the organization. Uh, to people who are, uh, may, may uh, not be in the organization anymore, but were there when they helped build that team. Congratulations to them. Uh, a lot of lot of hard work went into that. Um, 63 years for that franchise. Uh, if you didn't see my Twitter, I kind of have a, a personal story with what that means to me, or at least my family. Uh, my son is over the moon about it, so congratulations go. to them. Uh, so it, it's it's been a good couple of days, not just for this metroplex that I live in, uh, but for for my family as well, especially my son who has repeatedly been watching that 27th out be recorded <laughs> with the radio call. Spice
0: so. is a guy from their uh, high school place for them. We needed we need a name now. Yeah, I mean, we you need can't a name. Just leave that out there. You can't. while, while Spice obliges, hopefully with that name. My final <laughs> thought is. Dude, the Beatles released a new record in 2023. Have you seen this? I have not. They released a song called oh, Grant Anderson. There's oh, yeah.
1: One. yeah, he, he pitched in the bullpen for a little while this year. Yeah.
0: They, they released a record called Now and Then. And as the story goes, John Lennon recorded a tape in the late 70s. Yoko Ono gave it to Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr in the 90s and George Harrison. Yeah. They all started recording it in the mid-90s and couldn't get the technology to pull the piano away from the voice that John Lennon recorded. You know, he recorded it to cassette in his apartment in New York. And with the Get Back documentary that was released recently, Peter Jackson, the amazing, amazing, amazing director, um, they had the technology now to do it and to to remaster the piano, to remaster John's voice. And then Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr finished it off last year, and they just released it yesterday, uh, two days ago rather, and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. So uh, I, I'm just really thrilled to the moon as a – Well, diehard Beatles fan, I think that's amazing that we can have that kind of thing. They say it's the last one that we're getting, so definitely cherishing that. Chris and I are on to Monday. Yeah. We'll we'll start to get into Steelers-Packers and more topics around this football team. They're 5-3. and Don't apologize for it. Nah, don't know how. (laughs) Wipe the slate clean. Enjoy your football weekend. I have to cover Pitt, Florida State, so TBD as far as Saturday goes. Enjoy your football weekend. Enjoy your Sunday off, so to speak. And we'll be back Monday, as we always are, at 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports, live on YouTube for the South Side Beat. DK and Ramon at 4 Eastern, as far as we know. So in about 25 minutes, he's Chris. I'm Corey. Peace out, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday.